Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The College Baseball Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their new over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Alright everybody, welcome back to a new episode of the College Baseball Experience. I am your host for today, Noah Beanick. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB, that is the word 70, the number 7NB. And man, do we have a great slate of baseball games today. It is regional final Monday, and we have 10 games that are fresh on the slate we have a possibility for a rematch between Arizona and Ole Miss, and we also have a game resuming from where it went left off yesterday after weather delay between Auburn and UCLA. So lots to get into on today's podcast. Um, where did I want to start? Um, yesterday was an absolutely crazy day, but there's so much handicapping that I did for today's podcast because it's so hard to find who's going to pitch for each of these teams today with uh, a lot of their starters already being used and a lot of the bullpen already being used and most of those guys haven't started games this year so it was really a lot of digging to try to see who was going to start and which team would have the edge for today so lots of handicapping in that so I'm not going to go through all of the chaos that went down yesterday it was a lot of it just know the headline of the day, and there were plenty of them, but Oklahoma State set an NCAA tournament record for the most amount of runs scored in a game, and the Stillwater Regional has just been absolutely drunk with the amount of offense that has been in those games. Um, Oklahoma State opened up against Missouri State yesterday in the loser's bracket final. They, in the third inning, found themselves down 13-0, to and then ended up winning the game 29-15. to And that was more runs combined than the football game had points scored in the first week of the season last year. That football game totaled out to be 23-16 to final score with the Cowboys beating Missouri State. So absolutely insane baseball was played yesterday. And just going to recap what my card was for the day. We had Coastal Carolina plus 135 against Virginia. 
that one hit. We had plus 120 Maryland against the Wake Forest. That one hit. Plus 115 Georgia against North Carolina. Unfortunately, Georgia lost that. Um, minus 130 Texas Tech against Georgia Southern. The Red Raiders won that. UCLA minus 125 against Florida State. The Bruins won there. Minus 140 Campbell or minus 140 Georgia Tech against Campbell. Georgia Tech beat Campbell. We we literally handicapped that regional perfect game by game, which team was going to win, which team was going to advance. Really proud of that Knoxville regional and how I picked all of the games there. Um, UCSB ended up losing, unfortunately, against Stanford. And then the Moneyline Parlay dropped as well. So now the podcast parlays are 8-8 eight and eight for a 50% uh, hit rate, which is slightly above... Uh, positive where we are the regional has not gone well for the podcast parlays um a few quick notes that i want to get into before we jump into today's games uh my overall record for picking games yesterday was 20 and 6 um unfortunately i did not grab the opening lines for the overs but i do know we floated around even yesterday on the over for every game the books really over adjusted on some of those. I know Campbell and Georgia Tech in specific was like 20 and a half, and it still ended up hitting going over with like 21 runs scored between the two teams. But we are calling off the dogs for Monday. Calling off the dogs. No overs. It's not automatic today. There are some aces that I project will pitch today. So we are calling off the dogs. We are not doing automatic overs on today's slate. For the one seeds, um, there have been two seeds eliminated. Miami, which was the first and only national seed that's been eliminated so far, and Georgia Southern, who lost in their regional losers bracket final against Texas Tech. And then Notre Dame came out of there in Miami's regional Arizona and uh, Ole Miss play in the regional final there. Um, there have been five total tickets punched to the Super Regionals. Four of those tickets have been punched by one seeds, and they are Texas, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and hmm, uh, Texas A&M. And then the two seed that has punched their ticket, like I already mentioned, is Notre Dame. Uh, one note, the SEC Eight of the nine teams have either clinched or are playing today to win their regional, which is outstanding for the conference that a lot of people, including myself, said that it was a down year, and it looks like they're making me eat crow. As for the ACC that I said was competing with the SEC this year, only five of the nine teams that made the tournament are have clinched or are playing for regional championships. Okay, all the notes... All the things I wanted to cover are out of the way. We need to get this podcast rolling. That way you guys can listen to it and then go enjoy this first game at noon between my Michigan Wolverines and Louisville. But before we get to covering that game, I need to tell you about WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's Bet $50, Win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. The ultimate fantasy football experience is when you can bet Five hundred dollars or more on sports or the casino on WinBet before July thirty first, twenty twenty two. 
Get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed, so if you bet or if you bet $1,000, you get two entries. Also, you can party with DJ Diesel. All users can bet $100 on NBA or casino and be entered into a prize drawing to attend a DJ Diesel with Shaquille O'Neal performance at Encore Beach Club at night, as well as a meet-and-greet with DJ Diesel himself this summer. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where you play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, SGPN is giving away $500 in their NBA Finals Prop Contest, completely free to enter and exclusively on the SGPN app. Just download our app and hit the contest tab to get your entry in. Uh, Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and I use it for some of mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. Now, you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple, and first in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, the number of points scored in basketball or the number of hits recorded for a player in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in. The main reason that we're all excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where you can join your buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where you can see and copy your friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download the Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Use our promo code SGPMLB to match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join the squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. All right, let's jump into some of these games here. Um, the first game of today, like I mentioned, it's at high noon Eastern time between my Michigan Wolverines, who are 34 and 27, the three seed in the Louisville Regional. They're 12 and 12 out of the Big 12 or Big 10. Wow. Um, and then they're playing the one seed Louisville Cardinals, who are 41, 19 and 1, and 18, 11 and 1 out of the ACC. Louisville opens as a minus 255 favorite and U of M is plus 190. The total I'm seeing on this one's an international book. I found these totals on international book. Um, The lines are on an American book uh, out of respect to our presenting sponsor, WinBet. I am not going to clarify which one, the, which book it is. Apologize for that. Um, but yesterday, U of L's Riley Phillips and Evan Webster turned in outstanding performances as the Cardinals dive bombed the Wolverines in the first inning, and that is evidence to me saying that this Wolverine pitching staff has been pitiful all year. There's a reason why I didn't talk about my Wolverines all year, and that's because, quite honestly. They have not been good. Like I am, I, I would like to say I'm pretty held back in my bias on my teams, but this one was just uh, 
not a lot of people care about Big Ten baseball, first off, and I wasn't going to shove this team down your throats or through your ear holes uh, just because I liked them. The, the, they didn't even offer lines on Michigan games for most of the season, so why talk about them? Louisville was up 6-0 after one inning, and they didn't look back. The blowout, low-key, I think helped Eric Backich manage his pitching staff and save his best arms for today's game. Plus, Michigan gets back Willie Weiss, who got the spilled pop off of his glove and will be back from his four-game suspension. After heavy research, I think Backich turns back to our ace, this is why we bet on conference tournaments, because after two days of rest from an 88-pitch outing, Backage trotted O'Halloran out to start and pitch after 70 tosses two days before. Add the trio of Michigan's best bullpen arms, Cam Weston, Chase Allen, and Willie Weiss, and the Wolverines can do this thing against somebody that probably isn't named Jared Poland, who pitched on Saturday because Coach Don, uh, Dan McDonald threw off on Friday and his ace tossed Saturday versus uh, Michigan where we rocked him for seven runs in 4.2 innings. So somebody slapped me because Louisville doesn't have a pitcher that I can project, and I'm starting this podcast off by locking Michigan at plus 190, and my pick here would be the under 15.5 just because uh, – I, I think that O'Halloran and this Michigan staff is going to be able to limit Louisville to runs. They're not gonna, they're not gonna fully shut them out. <laughs> I mean, that's not what the staff has done all year. They've actually been terrible. But uh, with the best arms that Michigan has, and assuming that Louisville is gonna throw Michael Persecki for an inning or two out of the bullpen. He threw like three and uh, a third innings yesterday against Oregon in the game before they murdered at us. Um, so I, I just don't think that this is a game script made for 16 runs. Okay, the next game on our slate is at 1 o'clock between the two-seed Oklahoma and the Gainesville Regional. Oklahoma's 39-21 and 21 on the year, 15-9 and nine out of the Big 12, and they're playing the one-seed Again, one of my teams. It is the Florida Gators, uh, forty-two and twenty-three on the year, fifteen and fifteen out of the eight, out of the SEC. Florida comes in as minus one thirty-five favorites, and Oklahoma's plus one hundred five. And the total that I found is twelve and a half. Um, yeah, I'm associated to Florida. If you guys are new listening to us, uh, I haven't said it on a podcast in a little while, but my aunt played basketball at Florida, so. Um, I'm sort of a fan, but I'm not diehard. I don't associate myself with them like as a diehard fan, and I'm rational when I pick these Gators games. Here's where reality sets in, because Cade Horton, who hasn't thrown this weekend yet for Oklahoma, his last start was against Texas in the Big 12 championship game where he went 5.1 innings with nine punches, two walks, and only one run. Unless Brandon Sprout uh, bullies head coach Kevin O'Solomon like he did on Friday in game one in the seventh inning against Central Michigan where he started screaming at him saying let me in or like keep me in keep me in um, he was able to get that out and now he's earned his coach's trust if Sprout is in O'Sullivan's ear maybe he gets the start in this game honestly 
I don't think you can start him after 95, 100 pitches there. Um, so for me, the slam dunk play is Oklahoma plus 105, and that is a lock as well. And for the total, I'll pick the under 12 and a half. Again, if Sprout somehow pitches, I think he limits Oklahoma somewhat. And I definitely think that Horton is going to keep Florida under five runs, let's say. So that's where I'm going to stand for that game. At 1 o'clock p.m., the three seed in the Greenville Regional, Coastal Carolina, who's 39, 19-1, 21-8-1 out of the uh, Sun Belt. They're playing the one seed East Carolina, who's forty-four and nineteen and twenty and four out of the American. East Carolina is minus one sixty. Coastal Carolina is plus one thirty, and the total is eleven and a half. Now, in this regional, without Coppin State, the unders are one and three. The ball is just not flying out of this place, and East Carolina is averaging two and a half runs scored per game. When you're when you don't include the Coppin State game, whereas Coastal is averaging six runs a game. For reference, on the year ECU's 162nd with 6.2 runs per game, and Coastal is 32nd in the nation with 7.9 runs per game. Both teams have good pitching staffs, with the Shanta Clears having the better starting tandem and ECU with the better bullpen. Um. ECU had the pleasure of salvaging their second and third best arms, Carter Spivey and Ryder Giles, yesterday because Coastal blew them out and Nick Parker absolutely shoved in eight innings, throwing ten chairs with only two walks, but they had to use some of their top arms yesterday in the loser's bracket game against Virginia. Uh, We all know that the Pirates only have one real established starter, and that's C.J. Mayhew, and he tossed 65 on Saturday. I'm not going to rule him out, but I don't project him to start this game. I think ECU uh, starts Ryder Giles and goes from there, which isn't a bad option because Giles is 4-1 on the year with a 286 ERA, 35 strikeouts, 7 walks in 44 innings pitched. And for Coastal, uh, they're in pitching trouble as they have used all four of their starters. So, Either Riley Eckhoft pitches with his 6.67 ERA, Jack Billings with his 11.66 ERA, or they bring out their ace Reed Van Scoter after 85 pitches and his worst start of the year last or this Friday against Virginia. My bracket is hoping for the shots to pull this one out, but ECU is the pick to win, and I like the under 11.5 for this game. Um... The next game on our slate is at 1 o'clock as well. We have the three-seed Ole Miss, who's 34-22, and they're 14-16 and 16 out of the SEC, uh, and they're playing the two-seed in the Coral Gables Regional, Arizona, who's 39-24 and 16-14 out of the Pac-12. Ole Miss opens as a minus-155 favorite, and Arizona's plus-125. I have not seen a total yet for this game. Arizona needs to beat Ole Miss twice today to advance to the Supers. Ole Miss, I project, throws Derek Diamond, who's 4-4 four four with a 6.57 ERA, 54 strikeouts, 13 walks in, 61.2 innings pitched. And for Arizona, 
I think that Anthony Suzak's going to get the ball. He's 4-3 and three on the year with an 861 ERA, 32 strikeouts, 18 walks in 46 innings pitched, and his opponents are batting a 333 batting average against him. I picked the wrong team to be my team that didn't deserve to get a chance into the tournament, but advanced to the Super Regional. There always seems to be one of those teams in the college baseball NCAA tournament and the college basketball March Madness NCAA tournament. It always seems to be one of those teams that doesn't deserve to get into the field but makes a little bit of a run. We, I picked the wrong team. I picked Grand, Grand Canyon. They went to a barbecue, and Ole Miss was the team because – the Rebs are absolutely going to pumble Suzak. Uh, this minus 155 price is juicy, but I love this and the over uh, when the number is released. So both of those are going to be locks at the end of the podcast. Uh, before we jump into the next slate of games, let me tell you guys about who were brought to you by the tech, the college baseball experience is brought to you by the athletic greens and their AG one supplement. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG one? You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, focus, recovery, and aging. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, the next game on our slate, this one begins at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Now, in between the uh, Arizona and Ole Miss game and this game, there should be the resumption of UCLA-Auburn. I think Auburn leads that thing 9-0, to but... Uh, yeah, I mean, that one's probably over, and I don't even know if they're going to allow you to live bet that, but I would probably just stay away. That's my advice on that game. But for what I think is the game of the day at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, the number two seed in the Corvallis Regional, Vanderbilt, who's 39-22, and 14-16 out of the SEC, is playing the one seed, Oregon State, who's 46-16 and 20-10 and and out of the Pac-12 uh Vanderbilt is opening as an underdog at plus 120 and Oregon State is minus 150. Now get your popcorn ready because this game is appointment television because we have two baseball schools that have been royalty in the 2000s and both could be closing in on being college baseball blue bloods but aren't quite there yet since 2004. In the last 18 years, these teams combined to have five titles, 11 College World Series appearances, and a whopping 17 regional championships, about to be 18, and that basically means that every year since 2004, one of these teams have won their regional. Today is going to be a great matchup because both of these teams still have uh, viable starters able to pitch. For Tim Corbin and Vanderbilt, they could either go with Bryce Cunningham, who's 
2-1 and one in 6 starts and 12 appearances this year. He has a 4.59 ERA, 27 strikeouts, 14 walks, and 33.1 innings pitched. Or the guy that I project to start, Christian Little. The sophomore right-hander was a starter last year, but has been working more out of the bullpen this year. We already saw Corbs start reliever Nick Maldonado in a game this regional, and I think he does that move again with a reliever, Little, who is 1-2 on the year with two starts and 17 appearances. Little has 42 Ks, 14 walks, and 35.2 innings pitched. As for Oregon State, they still have Jaron Hunter available, who was their third starter for most of the year until Fennings came back from injury. Hunter's 2-1 record with a 3.91 ERA, 41, uh, 41 strikeouts, only 8 walks, and 48.1 innings pitched. I love where the Beavers sit right now even more than the Vandy boys because they will have four of their best bullpen arms available for this game. Ben Ferrer, who's 4-0 on the year with a 190 ERA, 72 strikeouts, 11 walks, 57 innings pitched, and an opponent's batting average of 175. They also have Reed Sebi. Uh, rested. He's got a 305 ERA. He's been their closer for most of the year. He's got 37 strikeouts, only 13 walks in 38.1 innings pitched. And they have Ryan Brown, who's 5 and 1 with a 523 ERA. He's been coming on as of late with 36 strikeouts, 20, 12 walks in 31 innings pitched. If Oregon State falls down early, by chance, head coach Mitch Canham can mix and match with the rest of the game with these guys. Oregon State minus 150 is the pick and jump on the under when the totals get released. Uh, another good game at 4 o'clock. Uh, the two seed and the Hattiesburg Regional LSU who's 40 and 21 and 17 and 13 out of the SEC against the one seed Southern Miss who's 46, 17 and 23 and 7 out of their conference. Um, LSU, the Tigers open up as minus 125 favorites, and USM is minus 105 underdogs. The total is 10.5 from what I'm seeing on an international book. This was the hardest game on the slate for me to handicap the starting pitchers. I think LSU could throw Jacob Hasty, but I project with the help of Honkus and our Slack channel. By the way, join our Slack channel. The link will be in the in the description down at the very bottom of the podcast description, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Like, rate, review, subscribe to us. Uh, it helps us a ton, whether it's rankings or just me being on the good side of my bosses. Um, help me out a little bit. But uh, join our Slack channel because you get to talk to me during the, during these games. I'm very active on there, very active on Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter at 77NB, the word 70, the number 7NB. But with the help of Honkus from the Slack channel, we think that Jay Johnson comes back with their ace, Mikhail Hilliard here, who only had 55 pitches in an early exit versus Kennesaw State on Friday. Mike is 7-1 and one with a 450 ERA, 70 strikeouts, 20 walks in 74 innings pitched. And for USM, I project that Tyler Stewart, who is 2-0 with four starts this year and 19 appearances, 33 strikeouts, 11 walks, and 37.1 innings pitched, will get the ball. But beware, 
the Zachary, Louisiana native who has expressed his want to pitch against LSU on social media could make the start. Tanner Hall, he came out or he could come out of the pen. Ultimately, I'm going to stick with my pick to win the regional in Southern Miss. LSU may have the better pitching situation right now, but I can't trust the Tigers. They just make too many errors on defense. They kick the ball around too much for me. They already have two in a two-game series against the Golden Eagles in this regional, and both of those errors have resulted in two runs. I'll pick Southern Miss at minus 105 to win and the over, but I'm not betting this game. If you're an LSU fan, for like my buddy, Hongus, here's a nugget that you may like. The home team in Hattiesburg is 6-0 and in the regional weekend, and I'm not 100% certain, but I think LSU has the hammer for today. So that's an interesting handicap nugget for all of you Tigers fans out there. Uh, the next game comes at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We're the three seed in the Chapel Hill Regional. VCU is 42-19 and 19-5 out of the A-10. They're playing against the host, North Carolina, who's 41-20 and 15-15 and 15 and 15 out of the ACC. North Carolina opens as a minus or as a massive minus 245 favorite and VCU's plus 185 the total i'm seeing is 10 and a half this is a game where both teams have exhausted most of their pitching staff options and i think both return to live or die by their aces here for VCU that's Tyler Davis who threw 67 pitches on friday and he's Five and two with a 3.05 ERA, 63 strikeouts, 21 walks, and 59 innings pitched, and an opponent's batting average of 194. For North Carolina, this move is a little bit more iffy because Max Carlson threw 107 pitches on Friday, but the Tar Heels are low on arms and desperation may come calling, if not for him to start, at least make an appearance in this game. Carlson has been money over his last three starts with a 4-2 record on the season with a 3.61 ERA, 81 strikeouts, 36 walks, and 72 innings pitched. The walks are a little bit of an issue for Carlson, and that may rear its ugly face here on short rest. A guy that could start out of nowhere is Shaden Peavyhouse. The kid hasn't pitched in over three weeks, but he's healthy. He's made six starts on this year. And he's 3-3 three and three with a 4.97 ERA, 23 strikeouts, 19 walks, and 29 innings pitched. I won't touch this game with a 69-foot pole, but I pick North Carolina and the over 10.5 in this game. At 7 o'clock, this one might be a lot of, uh, this one might catch a lot of people's interest. It comes in the Stillwater Regional. Just runs galore here. At 7 o'clock, the two-seed out of the SEC, Arkansas. They were 18-12 and 12 in conference and 40-19 and 19 overall this season. They'll play the host and the one-seed and the national seven-seed. That's Oklahoma State. They're 42-21 and 21 and 15-9 and nine out of conference, and they scored a total of 43 runs yesterday, which is an NCAA tournament record for a most amount of runs in one day. Oklahoma State opens as minus 120 favorites. Arkansas is minus 110, and the total is at 11.5. In the ninth inning of yesterday's game, Dave Van Horn burned 21 pitches from his Friday starter, Connor Noland, so we have to rule him out for today's game. But would Hagen Smith start after being chased by the Pokes in 1.1 innings pitched and 46 pitches on Saturday? I don't think so. 
the Razorbacks are in a tough spot to where I project Austin Ledbetter to start. Ledbetter in two starts and five appearances on the year. The freshman is 0-0 with a 3.60 ERA, 10 strikeouts, only one walk in 10 innings pitched. I project that after 78 pitches on Friday, Victor Medeiros will start for the Pokes. Medeiros has two good starts in a row under his belt. Texas in the Big 12 tournament and Missouri State on Friday in this regional. Uh, on the year, he's 4-4 four four with a 586 ERA, 57 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 63 po- innings pitched. From what we've seen so far in Stillwater, both teams are going to hit. The handicap is, will the freshman Ledbetter be a deer in the headlights or conquer the moment in the situation and go out there and deal? Honestly, I think it's the latter. And I think there's a vibe in the Razorback Clubhouse after the whole radio shenanigans. And it starts with Michael Turner. In three regional games, the quote, stupid ass, disgrace, loser, rental player that sucks and can't get out of the program soon enough end quote grad transfer from kent state he's seven for 14 with nine rbis four runs scored is having the regional of his life and i think his postseason continues give me arkansas minus 110 to win this game and the over 10 and a half is my pick here Next game, 7 o'clock p.m. in the College Park Regional. The three-seed UConn, who's 48-14 and 14 on the year, 16-5 and five out of the Big East, is playing the one-seed and the host and the number 15-seed to get, or not to get, but Stanford is also playing. So Maryland could earn a Super Regional host with a win. They're 48-13 on the year and 18-5 out of the Big Ten. Maryland opens as minus-130 favorites, and UConn is plus-100. The total that I'm seeing right now is 10.5. UConn crushed Maryland in their first game against each other, and they hung tough in their second clash. This was a host. This was a Huskies team that was projected as a one seed all the way up to two weeks before the tournament, and now they're only one win away from their second ever regional title. They've put themselves in an amazing position with two of their best arms that haven't even thrown this regional yet. Cole Chudoba, who's three and one with six starts, fifteen appearances, thirty-one strikeouts, ten walks, and thirty-eight innings pitched, or they could even pitch the stud Frosh. Ian Cook, who's 7-1 and in four starts, 18 appearances with 50 strikeouts, 15 walks, and 48.2 innings pitched. As for the Dirty Terps, they've used up all of their starters, and I think they returned to their ace, Ryan Ramsey, after 78 pitches on Friday. Ramsey is 8-3 on the year with a 298 ERA, 122 strikeouts, 28 walks, and 105.2 innings pitched with a perfect game on his resume this season. In relief, I think they piggyback Ramsey with Logan Ott. When the Huskies see Ramsey chucking, don't rule out an appearance by Austin Peterson, where on Friday he threw 109 pitches, but he has a 321 ERA on the season with a 10-2 record, 140 strikeouts, 21 walks, and 106.2 innings pitched. They will do anything to win this regional. 
so I'm not putting it out of the way that they could throw Peterson. It's ridiculous how good of a shape UConn's pitching staff is in They're during this regional, and I think they can win this game, and I'll dabble in that plus 100 price. Give me the give me the under 10.5 here, too. Uh, both of those are probably going to be locks at the end of the podcast. In the nightcap at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, this will determine who the last ticket is punched for. The two seed in the Stanford Regional is Texas State, who's 47 and 13 on the year with 26 and 4 conference record against the number one seed Stanford, 44 and 15, 21 and 9 out of the Pac-12. Stanford opens as a minus 235 favorite, and Texas State. Texas State is plus 180. There's not been a total released for this game yet. Stanford, in my opinion, is in awful position as their pitching staff was not built for the loser's bracket. They now have to turn their turn back to Joey Dixon, who started on Friday when Stanford threw off against Binghamton. He had 75 pitches in that game and gave up four runs to arguably the worst team in the 2022 in the 2022 tournament field. For Texas State, they have two starters still available with at least five starts, but both guys have ERAs north of seven. My projection for who will start is Cameron Bush, who in five starts has 17 appearances on the year. He has 725 ERA, a 2-2 record with 34, 35 strikeouts, 26 walks. I want to take the Bobcats so bad in this position, but they're in even worse pitching situation as their ace Zeke Wood threw 105 pitches on Friday. So I don't really expect him to come in 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 this game and pitch. I'll pick Stanford to win the game, and honestly, the pitching situations are so bad, but it's a night game at Stanford, and the ball just doesn't fly well. As much as I want to bet the over, I have to stay away. And just watch this game for my own pleasure tonight, and that's just not quite as fun. Honestly, if the over-under is set at 10, I would take the over. If it's 10.5, I would just leave it alone. I, I really think that there's probably just 11 runs scored, and it's probably a 7-4 game by Stanford, or uh, 8-3, or maybe... Five four six four. It's going to be in that region. I don't think it's a blowout by either team. I think both teams will hit, but I don't think they push across a ton of runs. The ball's just not going to fly in the night air out there in North California. Um, before I get into my locks and podcast parlay today, I need to tell you guys about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed for your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. 
IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Okay, now, let's jump into these June 6th, June 6th, holy lisp. I don't even have a lisp, I don't think. June 6th, college baseball locks. Um, As Beijing Wings said in our college baseball Slack channel just now, it's a hell of a slate, and he's putting the card together. Oh boy, there we go. He was a college baseball player himself. Shout out Beijing Wings. He's from my area in Michigan and now lives in China. Um, Anyways, the June 6 locks for today. Plus 190. He might not like this one too much. It's Michigan on the money line against Louisville. I'm putting a half unit onto that one. At plus 105, give me Oklahoma on the money line against Florida. That one's one unit play. Um... Then at plus 100, give me UConn on the money line against Maryland for one unit. Then when this number gets released, I like the under in the Vanderbilt-Oregon State game. Um, so whatever whatever price that is, whatever number that is, I like the under in the Vandy Boys and Beeves game. Um I'm looking into my notes because there's another game on here that I didn't write down, but I thought I really liked it. Um, I like the over. There was no total on this one yet either. I like the over in Ole Miss and Arizona. So whatever total, whatever price that one comes out to be, I like that one as well. At plus 100, give me, uh, or I already said that one, at minus 120, this is the last one of the day. I like the under 10.5 UConn versus Maryland. That one's also a one-unit play. Now, beware with this podcast parlay. It's basically forced because there's not a ton of juicy favorites on the slate that I love. Okay? So, we're basically forcing this play just because people like a podcast parlay on the podcast. So basically forcing it and we now have an eight and eight record with a 50 percent hit rate it's not been a great regional weekend for the podcast parlays although i've only had one losing day since doing these daily podcasts starting tuesday during the conference tournament season so you never know but uh yeah i just am not completely confident in this parlay hitting because we do have a complete underdog in the podcast parlay, but I'm pretty confident that this team wins their game. But first off, we're going with the absolute cement lock, Ole Miss, minus 155 against Arizona. I think they get the job done. Anthony Susak is going to get his shit rocked today. And that underdog that makes this podcast parlay so juicy up to plus 237 on the day. It's Oklahoma 
against my Florida Gators, plus 105. I think they have what it takes to bounce back and get the job done and beat Florida inside their own home park when there's going to be only like 1,500 people that are showing up to a 1 p.m. Eastern game. <clears throat> All of our Florida fans are going to be working. They they own businesses and jobs and stuff like that, and they're just not going to show up. And Oklahoma is going to show up, play ball, and win the game. Sorry, had to take a drink there. But, yeah, I like the Sooners and the Rebels. And it gets cooked up to plus 237 in the Magic Parlay Maker. Love it, love it, love it. Um, that about does it for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening and giving me an audience and uh, allowing me to just talk to myself through this microphone and my computer. It's been one heck, one heck of a week now since last Tuesday when, or like two Tuesdays ago, I don't know, uh, when the conference tournaments began. <sighs> Literally one losing day. Amazing. And uh, yeah, you guys have been great consistently listening to every one of these episodes. So thank you all for li- uh, living uh living the experience and experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience for that I'll bid my adieu adios amigos <laughs>